Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number five from Delving into Islam podcast. This is Wa'il, your host. And um, uh, thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. Um, this this podcast is basically, we continue talking about, you know, the, uh, the religion of Islam and, uh, you know, uh, uh, explaining uh, many aspects of the religion and many, you know, uh, rulings and, you know, many uh, uh, things about the religion. Um, also, uh, uh, we're um, handling the misconceptions about Islam. We're basically talking about the misconceptions and, and explaining w- whether, you know, those misconceptions are true or not. You know, the the whole stereotyping of Islam and, 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 and so forth. Um, so yeah, that also we address that here. Um, so again, thank you so much for, uh, you know, listening. And if you have any questions, uh, or, you know, any suggestions about the podcast, please email me at delving into Islam at gmail.com again, delving into Islam at gmail.com. Um, and I'll promise I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Inshallah. With that being said, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, let's you know. Let's talk about uh, today's topic, which is um, Islam and women. Does Islam oppress women? Because that's one of the other you know stereotypes out there. That's the, that's one of the other uh, misconceptions out there that you know. Unfortunately, a lot of people uh, who don't know Islam very well. Some of very few of them are Muslims themselves. Again, they don't know the religion, which is you know we get it. Uh, doesn't make it okay though. They need to, you know, more uh, learn more and, and and gain more knowledge to not have such, you know, um, incomplete uh, views of things. Um, so yeah, uh, that's of course a no-brainer. You know, when 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 certain people who have a problem with Islam or you know they could be legit uh, ignorant, they they don't know. Uh, and they're getting information from wrong sources, so you know they don't need to hate Islam to believe that you know all the misconception about it. Uh, we get it, uh, so that's why we're here, right? We're trying to explain to anybody um, uh, who is interested what the true religion of Islam is. So yeah, with that being said, now um, the whole concept like you know the whole the whole concept of like muslim women are oppressed the majority of muslim women are oppressed in islam is kind of ridiculous and i'll and i'll tell you why uh number one in in the books in the texts whether the quran whether the sunnah the hadith it's filled with commands uh, um, directed towards men to treat the women in their lives in the best way possible. Actually, as a matter of fact, the Prophet Sallam, the, the, the last uh, uh, sermon he gave before he passed away, he ended the sermon with uh, uh, um, uh, uh, something like, uh, fear Allah in your women. Do not mistreat them. You know, nisa'ukum, your women. That that includes your spouse, your wife, your mother, your sister. You know, your the women in your lives, and if everybody does that for the women of their in their lives, that's it. We're gonna have a you know a very 
uh, humane and uh, technically a perfect society when it comes to, you know, uh, mistreating women. There won't be any mistreating women because our Prophet ﷺ took it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the command from Allah, and told us never to mistreat them. Yet, Islam is called to be the religion mistreating women. We'll, we'll get to that, you know, in my opinion, hypocritical point in a little bit. Now, some might say, well, good, it's on paper, but Muslims don't do it. Okay, you can show me a couple of hadith by the Prophet ﷺ, a couple of, you know, verses from the Quran that shows, yeah, women are to be um, respected. But the Muslims we know, the Muslims we quote-unquote see on the news, they don't do that. Well, <laughs> here is the thing. Number one, again, that means you're stereotyping because you're painting the entire Muslim population with whether with an example that you saw that we don't even know if it was real or not. You know, the depicting uh, uh, how men treat their women in Hollywood, for example, or other, you know, other mainstream media is not your authentic source, right? Does that mean there are no Muslim men who abuse their wives? Absolutely not. There, I, I guarantee you there are. But here's the thing. Remember what we said about Islam before? Islam is the perfect religion. We are not perfect. Muslims who abuse islam do not represent islam who abuse their wives for example do not represent islam islam tells you not to abuse your wife great a muslim comes one or two muslims come and they abuse their wives does that mean islam told them to do so does that mean the problem is uh, within islam absolutely not that's kind of ridiculous talk because if that's the case then there will be crazy stuff to blame on other religions Crazy stuff that politicians do, that, you know, uh, public figures do, that normal people do. Like if a serial killer is a Christian or Jewish, would we say, oh, that's because he, he, he was Christian or, you know, he was, uh, he, he was Jewish. That's, yeah, that's, that's the problem. Of course not. It's kind of, it's a ridiculous notion, right? Same thing goes here. Now, another thing that's contributing into like you know painting this picture or this image of, of of muslim men it's actually they're not muslim men when people talk about that they basically talk about the culture the culture there are certain cultures in the middle east who allow now it's it does not encourage but it allows a man to in a way abuse his wife to get physical with his wife they allow it in certain cultures. Now, does that mean that Islam is to blame? No, absolutely. Actually, Islam came to abolish these barbaric actions. When a man hits his wife or, you know, do many things to his wife, abuse basically mentally or verbally or physically, Islam came to end that. When you go to any country that you, quote-unquote, allows this, right, Okay, when you see a man hitting his wife in that country, I bet you that man could be a Muslim, could be a Christian, could be Jewish. That's, it's about the culture, not about the religion. Always remember that. It's a very dangerous uh, uh, line to cross once you start mixing religion and culture and 
you don't see the difference anymore. You know? Muslims, Arab Muslims are 15% of the Muslims. Just 15%. Just 15%. So thinking that all, all Muslims are Arabs shows that you don't, you're not doing the proper research. Thinking that all Muslims abuse their wives shows that you're not doing your proper research. It's that simple. Thinking that all Arabs abuse their wives. Thinking that all Asians abuse their wives. Thinking that all Americans are abusing their wives. It's, you're not. <laughs> it's, it's a very lazy way of uh, making claims. There are, let me say it this way. People who abuse their wives in every single culture. Now, in certain cultures, it's more... Now, I'm not blaming it on a culture. I'm just saying you will find people doing that in every single culture, in every single society. Yes, there are more societies or more cultures that are accepting of that, are allowing that, than others. But at the same time, you'll find people from different faiths in, the, in that specific culture doing the same thing, abusing their wives. Not because they're Muslims, not because they're Christians, not because they're Jews, not because they're whatever. No, it's just because the culture allows it. You know, it is what it is. That's the thing. So you cannot mix it. Now, it's easy to look at, you know, some cases in the Middle East and be like, yeah, those are Muslims. You know, that's why, because they're Muslims. Again, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you couldn't be more wrong. Because if you know that, you know, if you really know Muslims that well, you'll know that in every single script. And Muslims who are truly Muslims follow that to the letter, right? Do not abuse the women, not just your, your wife, not just your sister, not just your daughter. Not just, no, do not abuse any woman connected to your life. Well, any woman, period, respect women. But the women that you have to deal with, that you have authority on, are the women in your life, right? So, yeah. So, actually, I would argue the opposite. Islam came when Islam first, you know, began it allowed women to inherit. That was unheard of before Islam, just to let you know. That was unheard of. Women had no right to, to inherit before Islam. Islam came and, no, she has the right to inherit. Here's, here is the, you know, her uh, percentage of the inheritance and, and, and whatnot. And like Islam put rules to give women the right to inherit. Also, before Islam, women could not choose their spouses, at least in the Arab Peninsula. Again, we're talking about Islam fixing the women's uh, rights everywhere, but in some case, some some places it was worse than other places. And I know that even in the West, there are cases back in the day, of course, like fifteen hundred years ago, whatever, women could not choose their spouses, not just in the Arab Peninsula. If a father decides to give his daughter, we see it in movies even, you know, his daughter to that per person, she's not allowed to say no. But Islam said, nope, it's actually forbidden for a woman to marry someone that she does not want to marry. You, you can't, it's not a, a valid marriage. Of course, you see in the movies, oh, like, uh, you know, Arab or Muslim parents, they force their children to marry this guy and she can't say no. Yes, she can. 
Islamically speaking, she has to say no if she doesn't want the person. And the father or whoever is the, the guardian who is alive uh, cannot marry her to that person. Now, same thing goes for the father. But this guy, like the father, if, if there is a, someone who is bad for, for a girl, also the father has the right to say no and the marriage won't happen. But if the father's reason are like unjustifiable, unreasonable, whatever then uh, we get scholars involved and in, but this is a topic for another time but it shows you that women have the right to say yes i don't want that person no uh, i mean no i don't want that person or yes i want that person and then the parents should listen to uh, the daughter if the person is uh, suitable in terms of like you know religiously of course number one mannerisms and whatnot and, and has a potential of a good career like then this has to happen woman has the right to choose a husband now that doesn't mean again I'm, i want to stress the point if if, if 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 a girl is in love with someone who's inappropriate or someone who deals in you know drugs or whatever that doesn't mean automatically parents have to say yes no 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 the parents are not supposed to say no if the person is completely you know is a good person is a person that they won't worry but let's say some people might say well uh, he's not that rich or you know he's um what's the word um he's still religious some people actually ironically say that yeah then you the the, the girl should go to the, the 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 scholar of of the community and then they should put a pressure on the parent because at the end of the day the girl cannot marry here's the here's the thing the girl cannot marry without her parents not parents, without her guardians, whoever, because if the father is dead or whatever, or the, the older brother, so forth, um, without the guardians, the wali, basically, the guardian's approval, right? But at the same time, a girl cannot marry someone she does not want. The parents cannot, any, any family member, the guardian cannot force a husband upon a girl who does not want, right? The dowry... Islam came and put a dowry, like the, the right of a woman to have money when you're proposing to her, you know, you pay her a lot of money so she could use it in terms of like her house or whatever to get herself some stuff, you know. Uh, before Islam, that was not a thing. Women just, okay, I'm marrying my daughter to a nobleman and that's it. No, now you have to put in a contract, you know, it depends on the woman, whatever she wants to, you know, it's, it's her choice at the moment. Like if somebody comes in and he doesn't have money and a woman likes him, he's religious enough and, and, and the parents approve, she can say, I don't want dowry. It doesn't matter. I want something very small, like a dollar. Actually, a dollar is, is if the person is really, his financial status is that bad, the woman can be like, I just want a dowry. Like anything, any a dollar could count as a dowry, right, in Islam. Now... Um, speaking of marriage, in, in, in while we're still in the, in the realm of marriage, uh, 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 when people think that uh, um, polygamy, and this is a big, big, big topic again, a big criticism of Islam, that a man is allowed four wives at the same time. This is polygamy, and polygamy is illegal in so many countries. Now we have to understand. Uh, my dear brothers and sisters, where did this come from? Like, what is the source of this? Number one, number one, this was way practiced, this was practiced way before Islam. Just so you know, polygamy was practiced and there was no limits. 
There was no four. There was no five. There was no six. It's just a man can have as much as you want. As long as, you know, the women are okay with it. Sometimes even if they don't, they're not okay with it, deal with it. You want to be divorced? Go ahead. Right? Now, when Islam came, what happened is when there used to be battles and, 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 and stuff like that, men used to die a lot in the battlefield. Women would be widows. And then women have children or not. They need, they need to be taken care of. And a man cannot take care of another woman while they have no relationship. You know, he can't visit the woman who's a widow while there's no relationship. So Allah allowed multiple marriages. Allah allowed four wives for each man uh, to basically help with the situation of the widows. That's number one. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put conditions on marrying more than one. First of all, you have to treat, like if somebody's married to, let's say, has, has two wives, let's say, in the Islamic world. Not here, not in the West, in the Islamic world. The husband must completely treat both of them the same way. Be fair. In terms of spending time, in terms of you know money, of course, when it comes to like emotions and how the husband feels, that's something that the husband cannot control. But in terms of treatment, it has to be equal, fifty percent, fifty-fifty. Now, if the husband fails to do that, there's a severe punishment. If the husband favors one and treats her better, you can favor one within your heart. But if you treat one better, then this is actually a big deal. This is a severe punishment. So why would you, why the headache? You know, if some, that's divorce, that's why divorce is for. You know, if, if you're, you're not happy with your spouse, whether you're a man or a woman, go get divorced and marry someone else. So another thing is Islam did, never encouraged more uh, polygamy. Islam never encouraged a man to marry more than one. Islam allowed it for certain reasons. Depend on, depends on your situation and if you do get married, like marry and have another wife, you have to treat her exactly the same or you have to treat your, you know, uh, your, your first wife the same way that you're treating your new wife. If you can't, you're, you, you're, you're compiling a lot of sins on your plate. That's basically it. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. I mean, I know, again, in, in, in certain media platforms, they make it sound like it's very easy. Oh, a man is like a pig. He can marry whatever. No conditions. No, there are many conditions. There are many conditions. And again, it's never encouraged in Islam. It's just allowed. Now, the prophets and, and messengers in general, they are allowed more than, than four. Four just came to the normal, you know, Muslims. Uh, uh, but uh, and there's a lot of wisdoms of having multiple wives for prophets and messengers to spread the message, you know, to uh, increase the message, and Allah allowed it. And as long as they're not complaining. Now, another thing, uh, um, when we're talking about, you know, um, for example, can a woman? Uh, let's talk about the hijab for a little bit, right? Uh, again. Another misconception is uh, men force women to wear hijab. Men force women to wear hijab. This, like, this is hundred percent wrong. Number one, most of women, most of the women that you see wearing hijab today, 
are wearing it because they want to. Yes, there is this 1% that, you know, their family members, their father or whatever, the guardian is is kind of like, yeah, you have to wear the hijab, you have no other choice. That's wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the chapter of Baqarah, the, the second chapter, there is no compulsion in a religion. You can't force someone to do something religious. Same thing that you cannot force someone to become a Muslim. It's the same thing. So those people who basically try to, you know, force their women to wear hijab, it doesn't count. Allah says, if you are doing an act of worship by force, it does not count. It's that simple. It doesn't count. That's why Allah says, just let them be. Allah showed you the right path from the wrong. Allah says in the Quran, the right path from the wrong path are pretty clear. Just tell them what which path is which if they don't know the religion and let them choose. It's that simple. You know? Wearing the hijab is a form of, of modesty. You're basically communicating with Allah that you're creator. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you to wear the hijab. It's a command in the Quran. You should wear the hijab. It's obligatory. But the man cannot force you because it's it's coming from Allah, basically. It's coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not no compulsion in the religion. That's it. You know? Yes, hijab is, is creates a better society. You know, wearing wearing the hijab is we're basically Muslim women who wear the hijab are basically following the footsteps of of Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's in the churches, she's wearing a headscarf. She's wearing white clothes. It's where Muslim women literally follow her footsteps because that's how she was commanded or ordered to dress like by Allah. Now, I think the hypocrisy here is when when, when non-Muslims or some Muslims tell women not to wear the hijab because, you know, it's a form of oppression. I think, in my opinion, this is the oppression itself. Yeah, like you are basically dictating what women should not wear. Isn't that a form of oppression? You're like you're oppressing the Muslim women not to wear hijab? That just doesn't make sense to me. So you're claiming that wearing hijab is a form of oppression even though you're kind of trying to force them, even verbally, to not wear hijab. In countries like France, women cannot get a job because they're wearing hijab cannot get a job because they're wearing hijab. You tell me, who is the oppressor now? Even here, by the way, I remember there were a few cases uh, that I saw uh, articles about, I read articles about and, and it was all on the media. Even here in the US, certain women couldn't get in certain jobs for wearing a headscarf. Now, I don't know if that job is actually, like, it's mandatory. You cannot wear something on your head, which I highly doubt. What kind of job is that? Unless, you know, I don't know. But that's, in my opinion, a form of oppression, societal oppression. It's coming from the society. Yet that same society calls women, Muslim women, oppressed because of their wear, because they are wearing the hijab. 
it's very hypocritical. It's like a, a double standard, in my opinion. But anyway, <clears throat> another thing uh, uh, I wanted to tackle is that women working in in, in certain positions, right? Uh, does Islam have a problem with women working in certain jobs? No, but I mean, it depends on the job. There are jobs who are which are forbidden, you know, like a manager in a nightclub, for example. You're not supposed to do that, you know, uh, working at a bar. Uh, there are many jobs that are you're not supposed to do that, right? Uh, um, so women, that goes for men too. <laughs> this is a, this is not exclusive to women. This goes for men too. There are places that you're not supposed to work in as a Muslim, period, you know. But now Muslim, if you work in a company, if you work in your like whatever shop or whatever store, that's fine. Women who are working, especially in, in our uh, in our society, in our culture where, you know, a woman needs to have her own career, you know, needs to help out in, in whether that living with her parents or, you know, help out with the husband and the husband help out with the woman. And I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with working. Um and also working in 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 uh, uh, Islamic institutions, same thing, except for and this is a, a big misconception that I want to clarify right now. A woman cannot lead prayers, cannot be the imam of of a mosque where men go. Because uh, when when a woman leads a prayer and men behind her, she has to bend in front of men and they have to like you know, and that's unacceptable in islam it's that simple you know men are supposed to lower their gaze and women are not supposed to be bending over in front of men and i'm not saying in any you know sexual way or anything like that but just period women are not supposed to lead the prayers and that's the only reason why women are not supposed to lead the prayers because of you know certain islamic preservations that's it you know so that's basically it when it comes to, you know, leading the prayers. But any any other position that's basically halal or, you know, for, permissible, then yeah, sure. There's no problem with that. I don't know why some people make a problem. Um, another thing is why there are no female prophets. That's another uh, controversial questions, the question that people ask. Uh, well, it's really simple, by the way. Being a prophet requires certain physical... Uh, 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 capabilities uh, uh, um, some prophets go to war right some prophets like prophet moses prophet muhammad so certain prophets they they need physical uh, strength uh, when it comes to you know battlefield and we know this is a medical you know but majority of men are more physically strong than women this is something that you know not not even debatable this is uh, science or biology whatever you want to call it um and also um <clears throat> Like we said just seconds ago, uh, a prophet must lead their men in prayers. So here's the problem, right? A woman cannot lead in prayers. They're not supposed to lead in prayers. Also, women get their monthly cycle, which makes it difficult to, you know, sometimes maintain prophethood. It makes it they're not supposed to actually enter the masjid where people pray because, you know, it's impure blood and, 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 and comes out. So you should, you know, and they're not allowed to pray. You know, that women who are having their periods, they, they, they shouldn't pray. And then 
or even fast in Ramadan, but then after, uh, uh, you know, they're done with the monthly cycle, then they go back to praying and making up the days from Ramadan. Um, also, women get pregnant. And, and when you're pregnant for nine months, you're carrying a baby for nine months, and then later on, you have to breastfeed, and this is all a distraction from prophethood. You know what I mean? This becomes a distraction from prophethood. It's simply for biological reasons, right? So that's answering that. Also, why God is a he? That's one of the questions I received. Why you call God a he? Is he a male? Is he a man? Or is he a guy? No, we know that God is not a man. He's not a human in any for, you know, shape or form. God is God. He's his own entity. There's nothing. Uh, Allah says in the Quran, nothing is like God. He's the one and only, right? And when he says he, it's just simply because he say he about himself in the Quran. That doesn't mean he's a man. He's a guy. That doesn't mean he's a male human. He just calls himself a he. So we just follow. It's that simple. We don't call him a he because of any misogynistic reason. No. So I hope that answers that. Um, um, another thing, and, and I think we're going to end with that, is why does God address men only in the Quran? And this is a very interesting because it's linguistically wrong. God does not address only men. God address, when he says, Al-Mu'minin. Uh, that in Arabic language mean the means the male believers. Al-Mu'minin means the Al-Mu'minat is the female believers. Al-Mu'minin is a male believer. So Allah always talks about the Mu'minin, even though in certain times He specifies as Mu'minat. But let me say this: Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when He says, and this is actually in the Arabic language, when you study the language of the Quran itself, when Allah says Al-Mu'minin, Al-Qanitin, those Allah means both genders. One of the blessings of of of, of having uh, uh, of raising your child on the belief of Allah is when you die, your child makes du'a for you, you know, makes supplication for you, asks Allah to forgive you, and that actually is being accepted, and piles up in your good deeds even though you're dead. That's one of the things. So the the, the context of the hadith is waladun salihun yadulahu. Walad in Arabic people think it means a boy. Walad here means a boy and a girl because Allah, He's not going to specify both genders. When Allah says walad, when Allah says al-mu'mineen, when Allah says as-sadiqeen, it sounds like it's for men, but the actual interpretation it's for both men and women, male and female. Right? And sometimes Allah specifies the women, al-mu'minat, as-sadiqat, in the Quran because that message is only being sent to women. That's it. <laughs> it's really that simple. Really that simple. So and, uh, to summarize, Islam literally came to, be, you know, came to give women their rights. Came to give women their rights when their rights were being taken away from them. Islam never abused women. Some Muslims abuse women. That doesn't mean that Islam allows it or that doesn't mean that Islam is okay with it. It doesn't mean that Islam promotes it. Again, some Muslims drink. Some Muslims commit adultery. Some Muslims do this and do that. That doesn't mean that Islam to told them to do so. That's not the case. Right? And, and, and finally, do not mix culture and religion because this is a very dangerous thing because culture, there could be many wrong things happening in within that culture, 
But because the majority of the people in the culture are Muslims, so they say, well, it's Islamic then. No, it's not. Islam is Islam. has nothing to do with culture. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.